This is Long Story Short from the Connecticut Mirror and WSHU Public Radio. I'm Molly Ingram, in for Ebong Udama. We're talking about opioid addiction treatment in Connecticut. It's clear from just the overdose numbers in Connecticut, the number of people who are overdosing every year from opioids, that more people could use this type of treatment. That's Andrew Brown with the Connecticut Mirror. He'll give us his behind the scenes look at what the state is doing to increase access to methadone and other opioid addiction treatments. From Greenwich to Groton, Massapequa to Montauk, and everywhere in between, the WSHU podcast, After All Things, has got you covered with news and culture from Connecticut and Long Island in less than 15 minutes. Hosted by me, Sabrina Garone. So from Fire Island to Fairfield and West Hampton to Westport, listen to After All Things weeknights wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, Andrew. Thanks for being here. Your story focuses on Belle-Marie Lugo. How did you meet Belle-Marie, and what has her experiences with addiction and methadone been? Yeah, we met Belle-Marie as we began reporting this story, and we entered the story essentially knowing that we would look at medication-assisted treatment in Connecticut, and that was because earlier studies by the state had suggested that the need for medication-assisted treatment for people who are struggling with opioid use disorder was one of the primary needs in order to essentially counteract the deadly epidemic that continues to, to hit Connecticut and other parts of the country. And so I began reaching out actually over the summer to these federally regulated organizations that dispense methadone and treat patients who are dealing with severe addictions to opioids, either prescription pain pills or more illicit drugs like fentanyl. And we contacted the Root Center, which is uh, based here in Hartford, but uh, has operations in nearly a dozen locations. And they put us in contact with Belle-Marie because she was uh, somebody who was over a year into her uh, recovery by this point and was a very enthusiastic kind of proponent for medication-assisted treatment and the methadone she was using. Belle-Marie is an East Hartford resident who had struggled with Uh, an opioid addiction for, I believe, a couple years or more. And she told me that by the time she came around to entering treatment in uh, early 2022, she was malnourished because of her addiction. She had overdosed several times and had to be obviously revived or put into a cold bathtub by her friends. And she entered treatment, got put on a methadone maintenance program where you receive very precisely measured dosages of methadone and started receiving counseling. And we're going on two years here for her. Her life, she said, has been completely changed. And so briefly, how do these medications like methadone work? Methadone um, and another drug called buprenorphine, they are the most widely used medication-assisted treatments for opioid addiction. I'm more familiar with methadone. Methadone is a very regulated drug that is used in opioid addiction. It's been used for more than a century to treat people with opioid addictions. What happens is is you, you come in, you receive therapy in person most of the time, and on top of that, you receive methadone, which allows people, from what I've been told, to essentially balance some of the, the effects of opioid withdrawal, right? You don't have as severe... You don't have the sweats, you don't have the pain that people go through kind of as they start weaning themselves off or going completely off of narcotics. Methadone itself is a narcotic, but the way it's administered in these liquid dosages, people are able to essentially return to their normal lives without having 
again, those those severe side effects of no longer using heroin or fentanyl. And in your story, you mentioned some of the statistics about how many people in Connecticut use this drug, how many people have used it over the last 10 years. What do those look like? So the numbers in Connecticut have grown in the past decade of people who are being administered methadone and buprenorphine. Between 2012 and 2017, the number of methadone patients grew from 14,000 people to roughly 21,000 people. And between 2015 and 2020, the number of people getting a prescription for buprenorphine grew from 21,000 to 30,000. Experts in Connecticut believe those numbers still aren't enough. And they pointed to the fact that those numbers have actually plateaued since um, the beginning of the pandemic. The rise in the number of people who are seeking out those treatment drugs has kind of just stagnated. And they say it's clear from just the overdose numbers in Connecticut, the number of people who are overdosing every year from opioids, that more people could use this type of treatment. So while the numbers are better than they were in 2012, they are still not where state officials think they should be. And what are they doing to to get those numbers up or down, I guess, is the right word? The state right now has a committee that is deciding how to spend millions of dollars in legal settlement funds that they received from several lawsuits against opioid manufacturers and distributors. And part of that committee is is trying to decide, you know, what steps can be taken to drive more people towards medication-assisted treatment. And I will say this, I think this is an important point. All of the research and all the medical evidence that is out there suggests that uh, essentially treatment that either uses methadone or buprenorphine in conjunction with therapies for opioid addiction are far more successful than these abstinence-based treatment programs. And I say that because of clinical studies that have been done and you know epidemiological studies that show that people's chances of overdosing while they're in treatment or relapsing into illicit drug use are reduced quite significantly. In some cases, I think studies have shown up to 50% compared to somebody who's going through treatment for just using therapy and uh, essentially quitting cold turkey off of either heroin or fentanyl. So the state is very interested in figuring out a way to drive more people into those treatment programs. And so a, a recent study that was put out suggested that the state could help people by providing better transportation services, by helping with insurance enrollment in those programs, and uh, generally just assisting people who are already seeking out medication-assisted treatment by you know, providing supportive housing and that type of thing. And so there's a lot of interest in this right now from, you know, the medical experts, um, but it's yet to be seen whether the state will actually follow through with that and um, kind of see those numbers uptick. Was there anything you found that surprised you when you were reporting on this story? Anything you weren't expecting? One of the more uh, unexpected things is my colleagues are still reporting other stories related to opioid use. And there was a, a case that kind of drove home how prevalent the opioid addiction is in parts of Connecticut. So Belle Marie lives in East Hartford and her brother runs a barbershop there. And we'd been around and, and talking to Belle Marie for a couple of weeks, but my colleagues were reporting on a different story related to the opioid epidemic in Connecticut. And they actually were interviewing someone else who lived in the same East Hartford neighborhood um, and went to Belle Marie's brother's barbershop. He too was struggling with and, you know, going through recovery for opioid addiction. And it just drove home the point, right? Our photographer realized that these two stories were connecting at this barbershop in East Hartford. And it just really drove home the point of, of how common it is for people to be struggling with this disease in Connecticut right now. Thank you, Andrew. 
Long Story Short comes from WSHU Public Radio and the Connecticut Mirror. Subscribe to the podcast to hear more from Andrew Brown about the state's efforts to curb overdoses, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Molly Ingram, in for Evang Udama. Thank you.